Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, September the 11th, 2022. It is currently 4.38 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. So let me ask you a question. You got to be honest. Come on. You got to be honest. How are you doing in your study of the book of Amos? Come on now. We've got to Come on, class. I need everyone to be honest. No, 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 no. Don't look away. Don't put your head down. How are you doing in the book of Amos? Have you found yourself becoming distracted and other things are getting in the way and just a little by little, that initial assignment, uh, uh, I, well, I'm going to say that initial, uh, not not the initial assignment, your initial excitement, and I'm hoping there was some, has it kind of, well, it's not as strong as it was. It has lessened. It has waned. It has, it has kind of grown a little cold and you've kind of yeah, all right. If I finish it, I you know, great. If I don't, there's a lot of steps here. There's a lot of work, and and I I I don't I don't really know. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Maybe I'll push through this. Maybe I will get done. I, look, I know all of those feelings and emotions. I'm not mentioning those feelings and emotions out of some like judging or trying to shame. I'm sharing those emotions because those emotions are common. I want you to, you have to understand what you're trying to do to the, with the book of Amos. You're using a comprehensive book Bible study method that most Christians, you know, in fact, I will argue 95 to 98% of Christians, you know, have never even attempted to do a Bible study method, anything like what we're trying to do. So you're doing something extremely unique. And the reason it's so unique is Look, I'm just I'm just going to state it in the most blunt way possible. Christians don't study their Bibles. They don't want to study the Bibles. They don't want to do the work. They don't want to participate in it. There's pro- that's the one utterly horrific, frightening reality that I have come face to face with in my life as a Christian is that no matter how much we talk about the Bible, When it comes down to it, sitting there doing the work of an actual Bible study, using the methods, going through the steps, like a comprehensive one, doing the book background, doing the book survey, doing the verse by verse analysis, doing all of those things, people are like, no. And, 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 and when you first hear about the concept, you may be like, that sounds wonderful. That sounds great until you start working on it. And you're like, okay, how many readings? How many, okay, what do I got to do? Am I doing this right? And hopefully another thing you're learning, I know this is really going to turn into kind of just, tr- I'm trying, what I, I think I, I feel right now on, on this September the 11th is to try to motivate you not to give up and not to quit because you're doing something not only, not only is it extremely unique, I hope you see the benefit in it because by the time you're done, you're going to know the book of Amos probably better than you would have ever known it in any other setting. And I will go so far to say, Maybe this is, maybe I shouldn't say this. I think you'll know it better than even if you went to a church that taught the book verse by verse because you're engaged in this study. So I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be dogmatic about that. And it has nothing to do with me. I'm just giving you the tools to study it for yourself and trying to help you out. So I, I hope you can, I hope you just can stay motivated, but it, but it is, it's the sad reality that most Christians don't want to study the Bible. I don't know why. 
I don't know how come if you if you can figure it out, if if you can find those Christians who are like, no, I really want to study, then let me know. Because so many things that people turn to to supposedly study, you look at it and you're like, is that really study? I, I don't know. I don't maybe it's my own biased opinion, but I hope that you do not get discouraged and you stay moving forward. Now we have had a few delays, all right? I decided to do kind of the observational reading for the book survey portion of the study. I decided to do my observational reading with my church from the pulpit. One, because another unique situation. How many churches do you know of where they engage in observational reading with the congregation? I think that that is a very unique thing we're trying. I, 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 I think some of you have liked it. I think some of you have not liked it. But but I hope you at least appreciate, like, hey, I, I hated it, but I thought it was at least interesting. It has to be at least interesting hearing a church together do observational reading. But we've had to delay some of that because we keep having people go out of town. If we could get everyone to actually be here for church services, then we could uh, we could advance this. So hopefully we can get this finished this week. I'm hoping, um, but... I, even though that's been delayed, I wanted to turn on the microphone this afternoon just to encourage you, don't give up, keep keep working, keep working, keep moving forward, and then just do a little bit of things to try to help you this week, maybe get a little bit more on track. Does that sound good? All right, so we did the book background. I think we did a great job on that, hopefully. I think you did. I know the book survey method is causing a little bit of difficulty because of the multiple readings. So let me just try to, what I, what I need you to really do, and, and, and listen, this is so, this is so, 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 so important. I need every, all, now if you're, if you're listening for the first time, like, I don't have a clue what's going on. This is called the Bible study exercise podcast series. All you have to do, if you go to the church one app, church O N E search for theology central, that's us. Then go to series Look for Bible study exercise. The Bible study exercise uh, podcast series is designed to get you from being a passive listener to an active participant. We give you assignments. We give you homework. There is curriculum because we're trying to get you actually studying the Bible. And what we are doing right now with the book of Amos is I taught a comprehensive book Bible study method, which really combines four Bible study methods into one is really kind of what it does. And what we're trying to do, what we're trying to do is... um get people to actually use the method in the study of the book of Amos. And there are some people participating. Most people are not. Most people are like, nope, not going to do that. It's a waste of time. I'm baffled by that uh, attitude. I'm baffled by that. But it says a lot about the modern church. And I think it says a lot about Christians' actual commitment to the study of God's word. People love to talk about it. They just don't like to do it. So um, if you want to join us, you're like, I'm way behind. That's okay. Just just start where you can and we can help you. We can help you along. And you can obviously go back and listen to everything. But we're we're gonna we're falling a little behind. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of expedite this. And I wanna make sure this is what I want to make sure everyone listens to. All right. Everyone who is participating in the study so far, listen. Remember this the Bible study methods. I'm not saying that they should be like just do whatever you want with them, but they they are more of a template. Right? Here are the steps. Yes, I want you to follow those steps, especially the first time. But understand 
that you can modify the steps at times, especially like if you're running a little behind or you're falling, you whatever the case may be, you're having some difficulty, modify it a little bit. As long as you maintain the basic spirit of what these Bible study methods are doing and you're still trying to accomplish the thing, you can change them up. And the more, you, and, and this is key, the more you do the method, the better you will become at adopting it and adapting it to your specific situation and specific needs. In other words, once you learn the method and you have it down and you're like, okay, man, this week I got this going on and this going on. Okay, let me look at the method. All right, I don't know if I can do that step or that step, but I can do these three main steps, right? Just go to the steps you think you can get done. Modify it if you need to. Do whatever is necessary. As long as you finish and you you feel like you understand the book of Amos. Now, I don't like you skipping any step, but sometimes you have to skip steps. Just focus on what you think is the most crucial steps. If you don't know, ask me, email me, and I'll be right there to try to help you out. But really, what we need to do this week, you definitely need to finish up the, the book survey, all right? And really what I need you to do at this point is, yes, if you can, I need you, I need you to at least give each chapter a title, right? Remember, a short title that captures the content, not trying to interpret the chapter, but a chapter t- title that captures the content. Um, if you can have at least the basic divisions and sections of the book, if you can't even do, do this, give the chapters a title and make sure you have a simple tentative outline of the book. I want it to be a simple, simple, simple outline of the book. Do not overthink it. So at least give the chapters a title and an outline of the book to the best of your ability. All right? That's what I want, okay? And then I want you to write out your questions and challenges you have about the book. And then I want you to write out the basic lessons you've gotten from the book. Right? I'm not even going to ask you about the application right now because I just want to make sure I can at least get people here. Each chapter a title for the book of Amos. Remember, each each chapter for the book of Amos, a title. Make sure it's a title that captures the content. If it contains an interpretation, you're, you're going past an observational and you're getting into interpretation. You can't get into interpretation until you've done the observation, right? If you can write out the basic divisions and structure, great. But even if you can't do that, at least make a simple, simple outline of the book. Basic outline of the book. Okay, you got that? Now, after we've done that, okay, um, well, no, we don't want to go to the book synthesis. We don't want to do the book survey. Hang on, where is it? Um, I got so many. Now we need to do, we ne- now we need to kind of start what's called a chapter analysis. We need to do the chapter analysis. I'm going to try to, there's a lot of steps here. You read the chapter four times, or you read the chapter four times, no notes. You give the chapter a title, which you've already done. You go through the chapter and make a general outline. Okay, you can do that. So really what I want you to do is at least start the chapter verse by verse analysis of Amos chapter one. At least get to start that as soon as possible. You can finish your outline, your chapter titles, those basic things to kind of finish the the book survey. If you can get that done, you need to switch over to your kind of chapter analysis. And let's start working on Amos chapter 1. Right? Amos chapter 1. And here's what I want to do with your verse by... So if you can outline the chapter, great. I mean, you need to do that. But here's what I want you to do, just to make it simple. There's 15 verses. 
15 verses in Amos chapter 1. I want you to come up with three key questions. Three, or it can be more, that you think are absolutely required to understand and any hope of really analyzing or interpreting this chapter. Right? The first part of the analysis is really a lot of observation. You're reading the chapter multiple times. You're making sure you, you've got given it a title already, and you have an outline. You have an outline. Of, all of that is your observational work, and then you're going to start working through it. And as you start working through it, and I know this is not technically one of the steps, but I'm just trying to help people out if they're like confused. Get, what, give me three three questions here that you think you need, Right? That to truly understand what's going on in Amos chapter one. Amos chapter one, I think will, it kind of catches you a little off guard. I, th- I think really it does. After you do the background and kind of the survey, you got kind of an idea. But I think chapter one, when you really look at it, you're kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? Right? I mean, you obviously are going to notice things like that phrase for three transgressions of Damascus and for four, for three transgressions, uh, verse six, for three transgressions, um, and for four, and then you see it again, um, verse 11, for three transgressions and four. Um, and then, is, that, is it done one more time? Verse 13, for three transgressions and four. In fact, it would be, it would be, it would be very difficult for me not to give that chapter for three transgressions and four. That would be my chapter title, maybe for chapter one and chapter two. It would be very hard not for me to call it for three transgressions and four, right? For three transgressions and four. Now, that phrase is super interesting, but what would be like three questions you think we need to answer in regards to Amos chapter one? Three questions. What do you think? How, how much, how much do, now, and, and I, here's, here's a question I would ask. How much or how, how, let's uh, see, what kind of a conclusion can I arrive at to Amos chapter one without any, uh, any outside resources? Just using Amos chapter one, do I, can I really figure out what's going on here? And can I answer those questions with cross references? Or do I need something else? Do I need to look up, do I need dictionaries, Bible encyclopedias? Now, those may be not questions I would directly take from Amos, but those are just things that immediately come to my mind. Okay. When I read this, I'm like, can I, what, what what conclusion can I come to about Amos chapter one with no with no outside resources? And number two, can I answer some of these like unknowns with cross referencing? And number three, do I need outside sources? I'm not saying those are the three questions I would come up with from Amos, but I'm just saying those are three questions that immediately come to mind because when I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, I'll just give you an example. Um, okay, he says, the Lord will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem and the inhabitants of the shepherds shall mourn and the top of Carmel shall wither. There's a lot there I'm not quite sure I can figure out. But then we start immediately with verse three. Thus saith the Lord for three transgressions of Damascus and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they have threshed Gilead with threshing instruments of iron. All right, so these are... Dealing with Damascus and something that they have done. Now, can, will cross-referencing answer what's going on here? Or am I going to need to look up Damascus and Gilead and see if I come up with some answer in some outside source? I think this is an important question we're going to have to figure out, right? What am I going to need to figure out what's going on? And how much do I need to know? 
How much do I really need to know? Like, like, here's the thing. I can get so, this is very important with, with an, an all Bible study. There's always these things that you're like, oh, that's interesting. And you start chasing it. And as you're chasing it, by the time you turn around, the sun's gone down. It's dark. You're lost in the woods somewhere and you're never going to find your way back. You've lost a compass. You don't know any, you're just lost in the middle of nowhere and you have no, you've missed everything. We can't miss the point of the chapter because we have all of this curiosity that says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, there's always a time to explore that curiosity, but the goal here is we want to make sure we understand the chapter. So, So here's a question. What is the main point of Amos chapter one? What is the clear point of Amos chapter one? Like, just glaringly, it's clear. Like, if we, if we ask 15 people, we should get at least 13 answers that are similar. What is the main point of Amos chapter 1? Now, I've got those more interpretive hermeneutical questions. Like, okay, what can I, what conclusions can I come to without any other resources? Number two, will cross-references answer all my questions, or am I going to need outside materials? So get your outline done. Get your chapter titles done. Start with their verse-by-verse chapter analysis. Let's really break this down and see what we can get from Amos chapter 1. See if we, what we can get from Amos chapter 1. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we get hit right in verse 2. I mean, just verse 2. I'm just sitting here looking at Amos chapter one, verse two. And he said, the Lord will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem and the inhabitants of the shepherd shall mourn and the top of Carmel shall wither. So God is roaring from Zion and from Jerusalem. Does that seem to imply that God's voice is coming from the Southern kingdom? In other words, in the form of Amos, who is the prophet from the Southern kingdom. We know he's going to go to the northern kingdom. And the inhabitants of, and the inhabit, or I'm, I keep saying the inhabitants, I'm sorry, and the habitations of the shepherds. I don't know why I keep saying the inhabitants of the shepherds. The habitations of the shepherds shall mourn, and the top of Carmel shall wither. The habitations of the shepherds shall mourn. And the top of Carmel shall wither. We got a lot to work on there, do we not? We got a lot. And again, my question is, can I figure this out without any, I don't, was there cross-references that's going to help me here? I, I know, I know that Amos is from Tekoa and we know that's in the Southern Kingdom, all right? And... We know uh, he's, his word's ultimately going to the northern kingdom. We figured all of that from our background study. So when the Lord will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, that makes sense. And the habitations of the shepherds, the habitations of the shepherds. I'm going to look it up from a different translation really quick. Because now I'm just curious. I'm just really curious. Um. Uh, the Lord roars from Zion and he makes his voice heard from Jerusalem and the pastures of the shepherds mourn. 
or dry up. That's interesting. I got a footnote here in one Bible that mourns here that the pastors of the shepherds will mourn that they will dry up and the summit of Carmel withers. Yeah, we got a lot to figure out what's going immediately. So, yeah, we, we got, I, I got questions. I got lots of questions here. And then immediately we go, we go into judgment upon all of these nations with that phrase. For three, in some translations, for three crimes, even four. So do we understand, like if we're trying to outline this, number one, chapter one, verse one is the introduction, right? And identifies the author, identifies the time, uh, may, uh, and identifies maybe the recipients who it's addressed to. So we get the base. So we, verse one, one, one would be our introduction. Verse two, how do we understand verse two? Verse three through 15 is judgment on on the on nations, and we could say Israel's neighbors, but okay, however we want to do this, on, on the nations. So what do we do in verse 2? The Lord roars from Zion and makes his voice heard from Jerusalem, and the pastures of the shepherds will mourn, or the habitations of the shepherds will mourn or will dry up, and the summit of Carmel will wither. How do we see verse 2? If verse 1 is the introduction... Do we make part two, verse two, a part of the introduction or do we separate it? Is verse one the introduction? Is verse two, I don't know what to do. How do we define, how do you describe verse two? Verse three to the end seems very straightforward, very, very simple. It's judgment upon the nations. All you got to do is identify the nation, identify what they've done and identify the judgment. It's very simple. You can outline that easy. But if we put verse 2 with the introduction, then our introduction would be the author is identified, the time is identified, the recipients are identified. What is going on in verse 2? Now, see, typically, I I would prefer to be in front of a group of people right now working through this, but I'm just going to ask the question. Again, I do a lot of the teaching for the Bible study. It says, like, I know or I don't know because I'm trying to get you involved in the knowing. What do you do with verse 2? Now, you again, we can get lost chasing everything down, but simply put, what is verse 2 attempting to do? Is it a part of the introduction or is it its own separate thing? And it's just interesting that verse 2 really kind of is like, it's, it's almost like some kind of a summary statement, right? Here's the purpose, right? And words of judgment that leads to, I, I don't know, I, I, I've got all kinds of ideas, but Verse two, and but then immediately from verse three following, the Lord says, and then boom, judgment, 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 judgment. So do you put verse two with one? And if it's an introduction, then what, what, what do you say it's doing in the introduction? And if you say it's separate, well, what, how do you, what do you call verse two? All right, I'm going to stop right there. And it's not the inhabitants, it's the habitation of, of the shepherds, okay? I don't know why I kept saying the inhabitants. I don't know, that would make no, no, no sense. Hopefully I wasn't saying it incorrectly, but in my brain I was. All right, so the habitations, 
of the shepherds will mourn and the top of Carmel shall wither. Oh, there's so much to work on in verse two. So I will make it a goal to work on verse two this week, but I want your thoughts and input. Put, all right. Those in the Discord channel, please, please, let's let's talk this. Let's talk it through. Let's talk it through. Come on, let's work on it, all right? Those not in Discord, that's fine. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. All right, we got a new week of Bible study. Let's take advantage of it. Let's not get discouraged. Let's not lose focus. And let's see what we can do. All right. I just wanted to, I wanted to spend just a little bit of time saying, come on, let's, let's dig in. Let's dig in. Let's dig in. Let's, let's get something from this. All right. Can't wait to hear from you. Newsif at yahoo.com. A new week of Bible study. It begins now. Let's make the most of it. God bless.